Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Today, I want to talk a little bit about living from Him rather than to Him. Living from Jesus rather than living to Him. It just, it's one of those things we probably think about pretty regularly, but it just changes our thinking a little bit. And so I want to read from Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read you know, quite a few verses. So if you want to turn that, we do have it up on the screen, I think. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 3. And I'm reading in the New Living Translation. And it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Did you hear that? Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us. And chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us into himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong in his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with his kindness, along with all wisdom and understanding. Now, sorry, has God now revealed, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance. Say that word great word from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan despite where we're at in life God has a plan for each one of us even if you're the most confused you have been in your entire life he is working in that right now he has a plan and a purpose even in the confusion even in the mess Even in the doubts, even in the rejections, even in the fears, God is working. And He loves to use things that would make us pursue Him in a way that normally we wouldn't do. And I've I've seen that at times. And uh, sometimes we can ask ourselves, why am I going through this? Why does everyone else have better scenarios? These are opportunities to pursue Him. These are opportunities to seek our God and ask Him questions that we're not normally asking. I love this passage because it really expresses what I'm trying to say this morning really well. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. And do you know what? It's already set up for us. He's, you know, some people have an issue with predestination. I don't really have a pre, an issue with predestination because I love the thought that God, my Father, has already predestined what's going to happen for me. If He knows everything, surely He knows that. And so when I think about Him and I think about an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving 
all-present God who's all over the earth, I begin to realise how small the enemy is. He is a P. He really is a P. And God is all-encompassing and all-powerful. And He knows everything that's going to happen in our lives. He gives us free will to choose and we can take various choices. We can choose to wear no socks or wear socks. It's completely up to us. It's funny, my, yeah, I've got new shoes on. I'm just going to have to say it because I know you're all thinking how amazing they are. And um, see, Brian Nelson's left because he's so offended by me wearing no socks and wearing old school brogues. And, you know, they're coming back, people. They're coming back, okay? I said that to my brother on Facebook. He said, I was wearing them in the 80s with tassels on. I um, said, so they're coming back. God loves us all the same, doesn't he? He doesn't care. Inheritance. I I want us to remember that this morning, that we have an inheritance. And do you know what? God's already got it for us. In fact, the Bible says further on in various passages, I was going to refer to, but we're just going to end up reading too much, that actually salvation, we've already received a deposit of our inheritance. Through Jesus and through the Spirit of God, our advocate, we actually have a deposit of heaven. We have a deposit of the fullness of salvation because we, our salvation will be complete in eternity, won't it? There's, there's the, the, the past, the current and the future tense when we're looking at salvation. And so when we're thinking about our inheritance, we're realising that when we live from our inheritance, we're not trying to gain an inheritance. And it takes all the striving, all the slavery, all the self-whipping, all of the hardship, all of the I've got to be this, I've got to do that, I've got to be a better person, I've got to get more friends, I've got to, I've got to perform right. Do you know, it, it's really hard being a people pleaser. Uh, I'm... Generally not a people pleaser, but in all of us, there's a piece of us that likes to please people. Some people are are really, really, really people pleasers. And you never know if you're getting the real them because you're you're always getting the the people pleasing person. You don't know whether you're actually getting the real person. And I want to let you in on a secret. Don't try to please everyone. It's very tiring. It's tiring and you'll never do it anyway. And normally when you try, you'll offend someone and you'll feel so cut up because you've offended them because you're trying to please them and they'll walk away none the wiser. And so you're the one who's, who drinks the poison, not them. And so it's, it's such a relief when we actually realise I'm not set on this earth just to please everyone. I'm set on this earth because I have an inheritance in Christ and He's called me from something to something And in that, we find our identity. I want to just look at a few things that that come out of this that I think give us a lot of assurance. Because when we are God-assured, we are self-assured. What I mean by that is when we know who our Father is and we know our inheritance, we're quite self-assured. We don't really have to prove anything to anyone. Um. And when we know what He has accomplished for us and that we are part of that inheritance, we can walk into any room knowing that we have accomplished great things because we're part of His family. It was interesting this week, I was at a a, a consulting seminar actually, and um, uh, the guy out the front, he's he's a very um, influential um, guy on uh, on in consulting and business and in a various area. Anyway, 
uh, one of the things, about 50 of us there and all just sort of doing some training. And he made the first comment in the room, and this is how some of you feel sometimes, I know. But um, he said, today we're just going to take it, it's relaxed, and I'm just going to call people out randomly, and you're going to come up, and, and you're going to do a, a one-and-a-half-minute spiel. And everyone in the room, you can feel it, just goes, boom. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's kind of like if I did that now, I'd be like, no, no, no. And so I'm sitting there and I'm going, no, no, I don't want to do this. And then I'm thinking, all right, maybe I could be at the loo when he's doing that. Do you know what I mean? You, you think you're devising all the ways to avoid just getting pulled out randomly and you, you don't really know what's getting sprung in him. And he was doing that so that he would stretch us and it was actually really good. Anyway, so sure enough, throughout the day, he pulled me up and you had to get, actually had to record something with him on camera. And, um, and so my first thing was... It, you know, to everyone in the room, I'm an introvert and an extrovert. I just needed to let them know. Um, What everyone didn't know, that I I preached to a couple of hundred people every single Sunday. None of them do any of that. But some of them got up and they're talking away and they're, do you know what I mean? They're just enjoying themselves. and, uh, And I'm thinking, wow, isn't it interesting what we will allow ourselves permission to do? When we give ourselves permission We actually break free of limitations and we can become the person God wants us to be. It's kind of like in the the taxi. I was actually really tired on one of those occasions. And I sort of looked over the guy. It's a little bit grumpy on me getting in. And I'm like, okay, this is just going to be a a bit of a quiet taxi ride because he's grumpy and I'm tired and and that's okay. And, And it's fine to do that. And I do that plenty of times. But but then, you know, I'm starting to think, oh, okay, I might as well have a chat with him. And, and I gave myself a little bit of permission. It's amazing when you give yourself a little bit of permission how God will open the door. God will begin to open the door. And sometimes we hesitate, whether it's in life, careers, jobs, situations, family, we hesitate just because the norm has been set. God loves breaking norms. He loves breaking. If your name is Norm, I'm not talking about you this morning. (laughs) He loves breaking normal barriers that we've put in place. And normally we're the ones who have put them on ourselves. There's no one standing around us saying, you're not allowed to do that. You can do that. You can't do that. It's our own habits and our own thoughts and our own behaviours that have said, this is the way my personality is. I cannot step out and do anything beyond my personality. And that's... That's what I realised on Friday. Even I'm like, man, I'm probably get more opportunity than anyone in this room to speak to a lot of people and do a lot of this stuff. And yet here I am, I've set myself a, a, a norm already. And so one of those things that I think about inheritance, when you think about that word inheritance, is we have an assurance that no one outside of the kingdom has. You can walk confidently. You can walk boldly. You have a Father in heaven who loves you, who's looking down on you. When you trip over, He's still got your hand. That's what Psalm 37, 23, I think it is, says, that He's still got hold of your hand even when you trip over. And so we have this assurance, we have this confidence. The second thing we have when we live from this place of Jesus, we have authority. Luke 10, 19, Jesus says to His disciples, I have given you authority over all the works of the enemy. Not over just one little portion, one little segment that you can believe for. No, this is the words of Jesus. Jesus says, I have given you authority over all the works of Satan. 
Satan doesn't have particular ground that he has authority over you. Sometimes we give him a place in our life. Sometimes we give over and say, okay, maybe it's through different avenues. We open the door and we give him an opportunity. But if we're living in Christ and we're living for him, we can live from authority. We can live with authority, but from authority. We're not trying to attain greater authority. Christ is our authority. We can't get a better Christ. He's not going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. We can draw closer to him and hear his voice. But his authority is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so if we know him and we're in him and we're living from him, we carry his authority. This, sometimes when we think about this and particularly reading Luke 10, 19, we read about Jesus and he talks about trampling on snakes and scorpions and drinking poison and doing all sorts of phenomenal things, amazing things. And it's very relevant for us now. When I go running in the gorge, I'm just literally staring at the ground at every stick I'm thinking that could be a snake. That could be a snake. That could be a snake. So we're very stick we're very stick aware and snake aware. <laughs> but and and it would really test me, I must admit. I've done some snake research now on what to do if you get bitten. Uh, but uh, but it would really test my level of faith, but God's level of power doesn't change. His level of power is the same. Just like his authority, it's exactly the same. So when we tap into that and we, when we live from Him, we realise that our weakness discovers His strength. Our weakness yearns for His strength. Our lack desires His fullness. And when we actually recognise our need for Him and our posture in Him, we actually see His bigness, don't we? Because we know our smallness. I know it's not good English, but it works. We, we see our smallness and we realise His bigness. We see His bigness and we see our smallness and we realise, God, I need you. I need you to move in this situation. I need your voice. I need your plans. And, and we begin to realise that He has all of the resources you need. Whatever you're looking for in your life, He already has the resources available. He already has the job opportunities, the breakthroughs, the voice, the, the still small voice that you're going to need in a year because there's a crisis in your situation. He's already preparing that stuff. And when you're praying, when you're speaking to the Lord, and even in your heart, you might not know how to use the words. You might be inwardly groaning, the Bible says. He's already planning answers for you. He's already going ahead of you, working out ways of, of making your life look like Him. And when we understand this, we realise He is a good, loving, heavenly Father. He wants the best for you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be lifted up, not depressed. He wants you to have an understanding, a kingdom mindset that can see little issues going on and they don't even affect you anymore. Remember, the enemy is dung. What do you do with dung? We have a lot of it at our farm and we step on it all day. We don't even think about it anymore. We don't even worry about the smell anymore because that's the works of the enemy. It's the works of the enemy. But if we stand there and stare at it and play with it and have a look at it and throw it around and we're worried about the smell and we're getting all offended all day, we give it too much priority in our lives. And this is what we do sometimes with Satan. We give him too much ground. He's not as powerful as we think he is. He doesn't even know half the stuff that he pretends to know. But he's full of hot air. He's full of hot air. So he loves us to think mysteries that aren't even existing. 
Another thing that comes from living from inheritance, living from the kingdom is freedom. Because when we know our Father and we know that He's already got our lives planned out for us and we're actually walking in a free will, but we're walking in His predestined love over our lives. And I know that might seem like a paradox, but just try and get your head around that for the next 60 years of your life. No one can, you know, there's great arguments about theological divisions all over the world. And I, I, I laugh at various things now because I just think, wow, God must just look and say, wow, these guys, they're camped here. These guys, they're camped here. They're both so passionate about what's right and what's wrong. And you know what? It's probably somewhere in between. Or maybe it's both. Half the theologies, I think it's both. And so I'm not saying don't think about it, but don't get hung up on it. Don't get hung up on those little things other than Jesus and Him crucified. It brings freedom. You know, you don't have anything to prove to anyone else. You don't have to prove anything. If you're in Christ and you know Him, you already know His assurance of salvation. You already know there's a relationship with Him. Sometimes getting past ourselves is the biggest barrier As I said before, stop trying to please people. Stop trying to do things just to make other people happy. When you already have a father, you already have an inheritance, you already have a calling, you are free. You are free. You are free to believe whatever you want to believe. You're free to not be bound from things of the past. No more insecurity. No more insecurity. You are free in Christ. Remember, He's walking with you. Royalty is walking with you. And you know what? If I'm, if I'm walking with the royals, I mean, apart from the media frenzy that would be going on around me, you'd feel pretty prominent, wouldn't you? You'd be like, wow, there's a lot of attention going on here that the world is watching. Jesus is royalty. He's the king of kings. He's the king of kings. He's walking with you. He wants to have a relationship With you, he wants to give you information that you couldn't get from any other source. I'm all all on about learning and and training and all that sort of stuff, but there's various times in our lives where we've heard his direction that couldn't come from any other source no books, no CDs, no nothing. It's got to be his voice sometimes, and walking with him in the inheritance is a powerful, powerful thing. I want to finish with this because I think it's, it's one of those clear things that sometimes we have um, a lot of an issue working out in our lives. And um, I, saw a, I saw a motivational speaker recently, um, you know, a guy about my age, and he, he, taught, he called someone up who was sort of a, another guy in, in his 40s. And the guy came up and and uh, the motivational speaker said, hey, what's your problem, man? Or what's, what do you want? And um, the guy said, well, you know, I'm not sure what to do in life and everything I've tried, it's sort of half worked, half hasn't. I just don't know what to do with myself. I'm not sure where I'm going. I've, you know, got some kids and, you know, life sort of journeyed down this track. And, and the motivational speaker said, yeah, you've, you've got the classic 40-year-old male syndrome. Is you've... you've done a certain amount of stuff. Now, this might be true for females as well. I don't know. But you've done a certain amount of stuff, but you probably haven't accomplished everything that you set out to do in life. When you're in your 20s, you were going to conquer the world. And now you're in your 40s and you're not conquering the world. What do you do? It's kind of like a crisis, a reality check. 
And, and this, these, this, is, this is prevalent in the Western world, you know, for, for a lot of people, men and women, hitting a stage in life where what has it all meant? What's it all been about? What have I been building? Have I succeeded in those things that I thought I was going to succeed? And I, I want to just give you a relief package this morning, if that's okay. Remember that you're living from inheritance, not to it. That's the first thing. From inheritance. It changes your perspective, doesn't it? It means you're not striving and whipping yourself to be a better person all the time, better person, produce more, produce more, produce more, do more, do more, do more. You're actually realising, and as believers, we have an even greater level on this, and it's called our calling. When we know our calling, we have a supernatural motivation that no secular motivational seminars can achieve. They achieve it and they do a pretty good job, to be honest with you. I like some of the stuff. I listen to it. I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty good. Ultimately, they're generally kingdom principles that they've taken and put in normal secular words and given it out. And so it's still the kingdom of God, but sometimes they don't know the source. But when we know our calling, when we know His voice calling us, when we know where He's directing us from and to, then we can have an ability to rise up in that calling, even if some things are going wobbly. And and here's a key if you're frustrated with seeing a lack of results in your life. Play the long game. If you don't know what that means, ask a golfer. (laughs) Play the long game. It's, it's not this year. Everything doesn't have to be accomplished now. I used to think that. And now we plan decades in advance. We, we plan things out more, take years to build things, but we make sure we're building. And when we're doing year-on-year building, whether it's in health, wealth, family, different areas, um, you know, sheep numbers or whatever it might be, we build now and we make sure we're building. It's a great way to actually not hit that stage where it's like, ah, I haven't done anything. It's actually one of those things that I believe is a kingdom principle of multiplication. When we know our calling, we have a heavenly motivation, a heavenly motivation. We will get disenchanted with all sorts of things, even our calling at times. We'll be like, oh, I don't even want that thing anymore. I don't even like that stuff anymore. I don't, I don't want to do this. And you know what that is? That's just our calling reminding us that we're called to it. And so sometimes we just have to slap ourselves and say, hey, if it's Him, I'm in this thing. And we build. We build for the long term. We build with Him. And we listen to His voice and we work from inheritance. We work and, and, and operate from an inheritance of the Kingdom of God. Heaven's resources are not in lack. Heaven is not in debt. I know most nations on the earth are in debt. You know, Norway, I think, is the richest nation on earth and it's got a sovereign wealth fund of, you know, trillions. Why? Because, you know, some leaders many generations ago were very, very wise and they played the long game. They built the nation's wealth. They built it over time, year after year after year. They built wealth. They have a lot of oil. They have a lot of oil and it's helped their country, but they haven't spent it like most of the other countries. They've built a sovereign wealth fund to bless the nation and the nation is radically blessed. I've been there. They are very, very blessed people. Apart from the fact they have sunlight 24-7 and you can't get to sleep some times of the year. But other than that, they are a blessed nation. They are. 
Financially, I mean, and in health-wise and all sorts of other. Why? Because some people got some kingdom principles in their brains and then they acted on it. And they've actually built a lineage of blessing for many generations. And we pray that can continue. And I say all that to say that heaven has resources that we haven't even seen yet. God has a plan. He has an inheritance for you and I that's much bigger than we can think right now. In fact, the Bible says it's bigger than we can think or even ask. And if you think about that this morning, that is very big. It is very big. And some of you dreamers are going, no way. It couldn't be bigger than that. But that's the Word of God. That's not my Word. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to think bigger. And I believe actually, and Karen and I make conversation about this regularly, in the southern area, we have a problem. We have a thinking small problem. We think way too small. We give way too small. We do things on the shy bracket when we should be on the bold bracket. And and I realised this again on Thursday night, we're at the school graduation and just looking at that amazing bunch of year 12s who were, who were graduating and, and some of them just excelling in life and with the Lord and, and just, just hearing the testimonies of Jesus, actually. That is an amazing testimony which we want to be proud of. We want to be proud of. If you're from this church, we are part of that inheritance. And it's part of God's kingdom being burst forth into this city and into this nation. If there's an option between being shy out of some kind of humility or being proud and bold for the kingdom, choose the bold approach. Choose the bold approach. God's blessed us radically, radically, not shyly, radically. We're blessed in this nation. Do you agree with that? Jen, you are awesome. I love your boldness. I love your boldness. I want to be like Jen. She's just got that boldness and that fire. I think God loves it, actually. I think he loves it. Because sometimes we forget because the surroundings around us are so, you know, we're in this area and, and we can even sense the atmosphere of this area. We can begin to think we're of this area, but we're not. We live from an inheritance and a royalty of the King of Kings. The King of Kings. He's walking with us and talking with us. Why don't you pray, uh, stand this morning? You can pray too if you want to. Grab hands with the person next to you because we are family. If they're cold, just give them a squeeze. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory and the praise today. We thank you that we do not lack. Lord, I break any poverty spirit that we have given way to or given place to in our lives, in our church and in our region. And we rise above that in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we choose your best. We choose your best. And Lord, we ask that all of your resources that you want to make available to us. Lord, we pray even a fresh release of resources over us today in Jesus' Name. Lord, we look to you for solutions. We look to you for solutions. Lord, we pray you would silence Satan, silence the enemy in any area of our lives in fear or just a negativity or a voice of doubt. We silence him today. No more place. He is dung under our feet in Jesus' Name. And Lord... 
We look to You. You are royalty. You're our Father. You have all the resources. You have everything under control. You know yesterday and today and tomorrow. And Lord, I pray that You would help us to walk in a new level of authority, a new level of understanding. Walk with a a new attitude of the King of Kings, of royalty and inheritance. So we choose to take that inheritance and walk in that today in Jesus' wonderful Name. Amen. Give Him a round of applause this morning.